Okay, so I have something just a little different tonight that we're going to do. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm thrilled that on Memorial Day, you guys came out to come to church. That says something all, all by itself. Um, but I want to, uh, we're talking about understanding resistance. Now, next week, Dr. Jordan Vale is going to be here ministering uh, the word. And man, I'm telling you, God's done a supernatural work in his life over the last couple months, especially. And uh, he's going he's gonna to be ministering from, from that deposit, which I'm super excited about. Uh, so don't miss that next week. He's amazing. You're going to like him. Yes, he is my nephew, but he's uh, quite a gift of God. And I'm pretty proud to call him uh, my nephew, Dr. Jordan Vale. That's right. He's the doc. So, um, but for tonight, I just wanted to take, I want to take up just a few minutes to talk about something in the word. And then I want to do something. I had a word for somebody this week. And that word was that over the next six months, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and helping you to understand his love is going to completely obliterate all the fear, all the doubt, all the everything out of your life. And I really believe that was a word from God. But then the Lord spoke to me and said that was a word for the church. And so tonight, what we're going to do, I believe that was a word from the church, and I'm going to share that with you. But tonight, what I want to do is I want to pray over you. I want to pray that supernaturally, something so powerful happens to you over the next six months as God is just laying line upon line and helping you understand. I want, I want you to become so enamored and so sure and so confident in his love for you that all of a sudden it's like nothing else matters. And so that's what we want to pray tonight. But in the meantime, I want to talk about, we've talked about understanding resistance, that any time that you go against the flow, there is resistance. There's nothing you can do about that. We, you know, we, we, uh, we feel the resistance and then we get all upset, like, why is this happening to me? But it's just, it's normal life stuff. In this world, you will have trouble. Anybody blessed yet? No, I'm not either. We've got to say something else besides that. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus promised it to us. That's as much of a promise to you as by his stripes you were healed. I know I didn't make your day. <laughs> Doesn't make you thrilled, but it's the truth. It's the truth. So I want to talk tonight about when you're walking in his love, you're accepted, you're beloved, you're secure, and here's the biggest one. You're not needing anything else from anyone. That is walking in God's power. When you walk in his love, walk in his power. When you walk in his love, walk in his power. Well, where's the power found? It's found in the love of God. That love resurrected Jesus from the dead. That love caused the blind man to have his eyes pop open. That love called the, caused a dead man to be raised from the dead who had already been dead four days. That's where the power is. It's in the love of Jesus and understanding that love and the, the consequence in a good way of that love in your life. And so Romans 5.5 5 says this, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Endless love 
of God. Selah. Pause. Don't just read over that endless love of God. Endless love of God. The endless love of God. Well, there is an end to God's love, you know, when you do certain blah, 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 blah. No. No. Thank God the endless love of God keeps going. I blew it and I made a mistake. I get it. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Oh, it's so wonderful. And I, and I promise, Lord, I, I'm going to declare the truth of the word anyway. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a wonderful thing to say, but it's a wonderful thing to actually believe on the inside of you. So the Father's love filling our heart through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. We need to become God inside minded. Never alone, never forsaken. Never alone, never forsaken. He knows, he cares, he's working. How many of you have used that phrase maybe over the last couple weeks? Man, I tell you, I'm using it. He knows. I know what I'm going to do. He knows. He cares. He's working. That's what I know. So I'm trading. I'm tra- by understanding God's love, I'm trading that God wants to pop my little head off, that he's aggravated with me. He's frustrated with me because, you know, God's tired of this. <laughs> You know, even, even statements been, you know, if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. He already did judge America. It's called Jesus died. He judged America. Said, your sin is heinous and disgusting. It's a stench in my nostrils. That's why I'm sending you Jesus. Now, am I, am I saying sin's okay? Of course not. That's, of course not. We want to stay as far away from sin as we can. Why? Why? Because sin takes us in a place that doesn't allow us to fully receive God's goodness because shame and condemnation causes us to do this. Instead of looking up to God and saying, you've already forgiven all this. Thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And the message, I really love the way the message says this. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. It really is a wonder. But yet, he loved us. His everlasting, enduring, never quit love was in our lives. Yeah, you know, it's amazing to me when people say, I only do what I feel like doing. I only do what I want to do. That's a selfish life. And that went over like a lead balloon. But it is a selfish life. I don't do what I, you know, I don't do what I don't want to do, and I don't, you know, blah, 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 blah. If I think something about somebody, I'm going to tell them. Okay, let me know how that works for you. (laughs) What we need to do is we really need to embrace the idea, embrace the uh, thought that I'm never alone, I'm never forsaken, but God 
by the Holy Spirit lives in me. Y'all understand that? God, by the Holy Spirit, I want you to say that. God, by the Holy Spirit, lives in me. Okay, so we got God inside-minded. But I love this, verse 4. Instead, and in my notes I've got that bold, italics, and capitalized. Instead of beating your little brains in because you were a little jerk. Every one of us was a jerk at one time, weren't we? Every one of us was. We told God, up yours. I'm going to do what I want and how I want to do it. We were all that way. But praise God, because of his love, we found a different way. Immense in mercy and with an incredible love. Selah. Seriously, pause and think about that. Instead of twisting your little head off, instead of being angry at you, instead of being mean to you, instead of excluding you from his blessings, he was immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. Oh man, that, 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 that picture is so beautiful. In mercy, immense in mercy, with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. And I love this. He did this all on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. How good is God to take somebody who's just rebellious and their nose is like this up in the air towards God, and then all of a sudden he pours out his love and his kindness and they accept and God says, hey, I'm going to seat you right next to Jesus. Do you see yourself seated next to Jesus? Or do you just see yourself out here hoping God will help you? Then he actually seated us with Jesus, same household, same authority, same rights. I had very, very tough brothers growing up. They would beat the pulp out of anybody they fought. I mean, my brothers were tough dudes, seriously. Every time there was fights in high school, never seen a mark on my brother's face, always, you know, so there was this reputation that don't mess with the Kanata brothers. Kanata brothers were six and eight years older than me, so I rode that bad boy. <laughs> oh, man, did I ride it. I remember this one guy was, was teasing me and, and saying stuff to me and calling me names on my bike. It was a neighbor's friend. So I told my brother that he pushed me off my bike and called me names. My brother went out there. <laughs> that kid, um, I, I think that kid, it wasn't good for him. But that's the way we need to feel with Jesus. We need to feel like I've got the king of the universe who's defeated the devil, absolutely spoiled the enemy, and obliterated everything that could possibly come against me and hurt me. I'm going to look at Jesus and say, my brother's tough. So I used to, do, I used to say cocky things to older guys, and they wouldn't do nothing back. Why? Because they knew my big brother would pound their little heads in. We should feel like that with the Father. When things start coming up against us, we should go, hold on a minute. I have Jesus Christ, the Messiah, 
That is standing up for me. Jesus, who has spoiled every bit of the enemy's prizes and what he tried to do, ruined it, obliterated it. That Jesus is my Jesus. And I'm standing up because I'm not afraid of you, enemy. I'm not afraid of what can come against me. I'm not afraid of what can be said to me. I'm not afraid. But to be able to say that honestly, not just be able to declare it, I'm not afraid, and you're terrified on the inside. I'm not afraid. But to actually feel like I'm not afraid, and I'm not afraid. I have taken a beautiful stance with the building that we're building right now. I built two houses and almost lost my marbles building both of them. If any of you have ever built a house, you know what I'm talking about. The first one, I was kind of had to take over as the contractor in the middle of it because the guy was just a mess. I had no idea what I was doing or what was going on, but I was just like me and Steve Slocum became best friends at that point. And uh, uh, I was stressed out to the max. Second house we built, we built like 15 years later, 16 years later, and I forgot about all the other stuff and built another house that was really dumb. But anyway, I did, and I stressed out because I wanted to get in, and I wanted to be done. You know what I'm doing with this building? I don't care when we get in. Just speaking over it and calling it built, speaking over it and commanding every, every stitch to be paid for, speaking over it, thanking God that it's ours. And you know what? It's going to happen sometime in August, and I'm excited to get in, but I'm not like, because I've just decided, Why? What's the point? Been there, done that twice. Bought the book, wrote the book, didn't like the book. So now I'm, you know, I'm just going to have a different mindset towards this. So do you see yourself co-seated with Jesus? Do you truly even comprehend or can even grasp the why of his affection towards you? That's my goal. I want to understand why. Why, when I was so destitute and disgusting in my own sin, going my own way, thumbing my nose at God, why did he die for me? Why? And to get a better sense of why he loves me, a better sense of how he loves me, something powerful begins to happen. Last scripture I want to throw at you, kind of a long one, but last, last portion. My dear children, let's just not talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're truly living, living in God's reality. It's also, now listen to this, it's also the way to shut down debilitating criticism, even when there's something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. Debilitating self-criticism comes from understand, a lack of understanding the Father's love. Now, I don't want to do the turtle right now and get on my back and do all four, but I could raise all four. How many of you have debilitating self-criticism that you've ever dealt with? I'm waiting. All of us. All of us deal with debilitating self-criticism, and it may be true, or it may be your perception of the truth. But either way, we have got to turn that off. Because that in itself alone will make you feel condemned and ashamed and will stop you from reaching out to the Father and say, I'll take it all. Wow, that was a really good place to really say amen there. Unless 
you can shake the debilitating criticism in your head, you will never be free enough to, and bold enough to say, everything that you have, God, I'll take it all. Because you'll never feel worthy of it. You know what I'm talking about, right, Tony? Tony and I, we've had many discussions about that. And he's learning how to turn off the self-debilitating criticism in his head, and it's been such a freeing experience. I have had the same experience. But there's two places that that debilitating self-criticism still hits me. Yes, on the golf course. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll call myself a name on the golf course, and I'll say, no, I'm not going to speak to myself like that. Beat myself up. Debilitating self-criticism. And the other place is just when, when something comes up that I feel like I failed. Man, that self-criticism is brutal. Just brutal. So I'm learning how to live free from that self-criticism by understanding that my father loves me in spite of myself. That my father loves me. My father cares about me. My father wants to touch my life and help me to understand his love in such a way that I can be free from whatever that debilitating self-criticism is telling me constantly. And friends, once that's taken care of, we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves. We're bold and free before God. We're able to stretch out our hands and receive whatever we've asked for because we're doing what he says, doing what pleases him. Oh, man, John, there it is, doing what pleases God. I'm not doing what pleases God. Hang on. He told us, again, this is God's command. This is what he told us to do to believe in his personally named son, Jesus Christ. He told us to love each other in line with the original command. As we keep his commands, we live deeply and surely in him, and he lives in us. This is how we experience his deep and abiding presence in us, by the Holy Spirit that is in us, by the Spirit that is in us. So I'm wanting to do something with you. Oh, where's Zach? Is Zach here somewhere? No? Okay. Well, wherever he is, I need him to play piano. Um, what I want to do tonight is the Lord gave me a word, and that word was that, um, I just want to read it how the Lord ministered it to me. That the Father would take you on a journey of discovery of his love for you and in you. And that would crush and remove every insecurity and fear. I think the faith over fear signs are really neat, but faith never triumphs over fear. Love dispels fear. Love dispels fear. I have so much fear in my life, then you need more of the love of Jesus. That's all. No big deal. No big problem. Just dispel that fear. Faith over fear is great, but you're not going to have much faith over fear if you don't understand the God who loves you who's behind the whole entire thing. So what I want to do is I want us just to take a moment tonight and I want us to just, we're, we're going to sing Reckless Love because I love that song and I just think it's got such a, a powerful truth in it. But if you would, just close your eyes and, and I want you to be in such a receiving mode that, um, that it would be at a point where you're just expecting God to do something in your heart and in your life. Father, I pray tonight 
in the name of Jesus. I, I pray that their situations fixed that there would be great great revelation so that people would see and know that God's good that he cares that he's real and father I thank you for that thank you for being so good God so kind 